Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Hey, guys. Um... Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. We are doing something a little bit different today. Uh, We're actually recording via our phones. We didn't have time to get together, but there's just been a lot that's happened in the last week. So we wanted to do just a quick check-in and update everyone on what's going on. So, um, yeah, I guess (laughs) I will... Just, just jump right in. Jump in. <laughs> um, so as you all know, for the last several months, um, things have been very like up and down with Jake and I, and there's been, he's not been living at home and he's relapsed, gotten back on track, living in the recovery house, then OD'd, got back on track, relapsed again. So it's just been a lot. And, um, I don't know, I guess it was a couple weeks ago at this point, I found out that he had been using again and he was, he had court, um, coming up. And so his whole plan was like, oh, I'm just going to stop using because if I fail my drug test, I'm going to go to jail. So like that can't happen. And I was just like, well, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like it's just the irrational addict thinking. So at that point I was like, I can't really talk to you during this time. Like I, I need to be separated. Like I don't want to be involved in like you lying to the recovery house and all of these things. Like, you know, if you make it to your court date without using, like, let me know. And so, um, we didn't really talk for a couple weeks. Um, he, he'd reached out at one point and was like, I miss you so much. And I told him, I was like, well, you know what you need to do. Um, like I was trying to convince him to go into treatment, but he still is at a point where he thinks he can just do it on his own. And it's just now been like five months of that. So finally the court date came and the night before the court date, we, we met in person to talk and he kept going around and around getting to the point like, I just need a fresh restart. Like I'm tired of lying to the people in the recovery house. Um, I want to get on the Vivitrol shot, but I can't stay off of Suboxone without using long enough to get on the Vivitrol shot. And so kept coming around to like, okay, detox and treatment. Like this is probably the only answer right now. Um, and so when we, when he left my car, I was like, all right, well now what? He's like, well, I, I just had to figure out what I'm going to do. I was like, well, it sounds like we've already figured out what you know you need to do. It's just a matter of like, do you want to do it or not? I was, and I told him I'm at the point I'm tired of being on this roller coaster. And so for me, it's either you go to treatment or we're breaking up. And 
so at that point he agreed. He was like, well, I'll at least go in for an assessment and see what they say. And I was like, that's, that's good. That's at least a step. Like we can figure it out from there and see what happens. So I was feeling a little bit hopeful, but also trying not to be too, like get my hopes up too high because you know how quickly they can change their minds. It's like, there's moments of clarity where you're like, aha, yes. Like you're thinking clearly. And then it just quickly vanishes and the drug mind takes over. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he had court. Um, It was a pretrial conference. They actually presented a plea deal, which is a really, really good plea deal. Like he wasn't going to get any home detention. Um, And so here I am thinking like, this is positive. Like think like if he gets back on track with recovery, like maybe we can figure this out. Like, I don't know. So just feeling hopeful. Um, and so, I was thinking, home, sorry, I have a question. Go so ahead. Home detention is like when he has to wear that like ankle bracelet and yeah, basically arrest. be tracked. Okay. Got it. Right. So, um, so you're just saying it's simpler for your relationship if he's not on that. Correct. So got like it, six it. years ago when he first went through treatment, he was on house arrest for a DUI and it was a year long. And like, I mean, we managed, you, you can still do a lot of things, but it's just like, you can't just go on vacation you have to have everything like timed very specifically because you have to give your like daily schedule. So you can't really just be spontaneous in what you're doing. And got it. Yeah. So when the, um, all this legal stuff came up, for me, I was like, oh, the, like, the addiction is one piece to deal with in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been willing to work with that as long as Jake is in recovery. But then adding on the legal is like, that could potentially be another like year of putting off our lives and being able to do things. And you know, yeah, it makes sense being trapped. And so I was really like hesitant, like trying to figure out from a relationship standpoint, if that was even possible. Mm -hmm. And so then finding out the plea deal that that was not going to be the case, he was going to get a week in jail. um, And then a year of probation, I was like, I don't know, I guess I just thought, oh, this, I could deal with that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I realize sounds sounds <laughs> comical, but yeah, yeah, we've all when, been there compared to what it could be. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and so then I was also thinking, like, oh my gosh, like this should be like huge motivation for him to like definitely get clean now because between now and when his actual um, when they. I guess they turn it in in January or something. I'm not exactly sure how the legal system works that way, but it was just presented to him last week. And then they enter it in at his next court date in January. And so if he gets in trouble between now and then, like that plea deal is going to go away. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking like, Oh, this could be some like motivation for him. Um, But it doesn't seem to be the case. (laughs) And Anyway, so back on, back to the story, I guess. Um, so after his pro- he had to meet with his probation officer to do a drug test, 
he passed that. I wasn't sure if he would or not. Um, and then he had told me he would call afterwards so that we could go to the treatment center um, for an assessment. And so I was kind of holding my breath all day. And I just had a feeling. I was like, well, in order for him to pass that test, he couldn't use for several days. And he's not in a place, obviously, where he can just not use. So I kind of assumed he would probably take the test and then go use. I was just really hoping that he would do that and then still call. Like, it would be like a last hurrah. I don't know if Steve or Charlie ever did that. Yeah. Before going into treatment. But I know it's a common thing. Like when people are kind of at the point where they're like, oh, I'm going to go in. They like go use one last time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So weird. So I was, I was like, okay, even if that happens, like I can deal with that. We'll figure it out. Um, But hours went by and hadn't heard from him. Finally, I tried calling a couple of times, no answer. I texted and was like, I don't know what's going on. You know, if you used, that's okay. We can still go to the assessment. And then he responded that he just couldn't bring himself to call me. And I was like, well, I'll call you. Please just answer. And he wouldn't. And so then I was like, well, if you're not going to answer, could you at least text me? Like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Um, and so basically he was like, I just feel like I need to talk to the house manager at the recovery house. Like I want to come clean to them and tell them the truth because I want to be able to move back in, you know, after whatever happens, um, I need to get things squared away at work, like just buying time. Yeah. And he was like, but you know, when I do all of that, tomorrow like we can still go after and so I was just like all right well let's see what happens tomorrow but like that's as far as I'm pushing it back um and then so the next day came I texted him and he was like yeah I'm still good to go we made a plan for me to pick him up when I got off work I went and picked him up he was like waiting outside So I was like, oh, this is good. Um, Then he gets (laughs) in the car and pretty much immediately started trying to, like, convince me of why he shouldn't be going to the treatment center and how he had his own plan. He um, told me that he was like, oh, I got this number from a guy at HA, which is Heroin Anonymous Meeting. Um, And he said, and I I called him because I just felt like I needed to sell tell somebody else besides you the truth and I was like yeah that's great like I'm glad you did that Mm -hmm. but then he was like and I just wanted to get his take on what he thinks I should do um you know and he agrees that I've got myself in like a bad spot with lying at the house and that I need to tell them the truth but he doesn't really think I need detox I'm like what (laughs) that just caught me off guard Mm -hmm. like does this person know any like what have you told them Mm -hmm. and then and I don't know whether any of this is true like if he did talk to the person if that guy told him that or not 
my guess is he probably said a bunch of things and Jake chose to hear the parts of it that he wanted to hear. Um, so basically the entire ride to the treatment center, we are kind of going back and forth on that. And the thing that is so frustrating to me about Jake that I just can't, I don't know. It's just like the insanity of it. He was like, I just feel like I'm going to get clean. Like I can picture it happening. I just think that I have to do it the hard way. And I'm like, what? Which like, is what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm like, you're already doing it the hard way. It's been five months of you doing it this hard way. Like in his mind, he like sees going to treatment as like an easy way of getting clean or something. And I'm like, who cares if it's even if it was easy or whatever, like the idea is to get clean. Like, I don't uh so it was just like talking to a wall. Yeah. Um, I feel like treatment is actually the harder way because you don't have your own control. Like it's part of like part of going to treatment is surrendering. It's like one of the first steps. And if you're trying to control it and do it your own way, like he's not surrendering. No, he's not surrendering mm-hmm. at all. Um, which is just, yeah, just makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. And I said something like, you know, okay, like, yes, people do like detox on their own and, you know, people get clean without going to treatment. I was like, but you don't know how long this is going to take. And like every day that you're out is a day closer to potentially dying. And I was like, and you know, if you're okay with risking that and risking however long it might take, like, I mean, that's on you, but for me and my life, like I can't just keep watching you try and fail and doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, the thing that makes me so sad is that, you know, I think like you, you could get clean. Like I, cause I do believe, and I hope that he will, like, it just makes me so sad to think that you will eventually get clean, but it will be like a few years down the road Mm -hmm. and you're like living this like good life and recovery, but we've already gone our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, thinking about him being like giving like leading a speaker meeting and I was like you know if you want me to be the part of your story where it's like oh yeah you like won't believe how what it took for me to get here you know I had to go to jail and I almost died and I was in a relationship for nine years and like we could have gotten married but you know I had a had to lose my girlfriend and like all of these things to get here and I was like I that just makes me so sad that I feel like you are choosing to have that be your story over the potential of going to treatment and trying to like give our relationship a chance Mm -hmm. um and so then he like didn't say anything during that time I thought oh maybe like things are clicking at this point we're pulling into the treatment center and he just goes oh are we still going here <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, I was like what I was like well 
you agreed to go talk to them at least. And he was like, well, I will, but I'm, I mean, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to do that if I'm not going to do what they say. And I'm like, we, we don't even know what they're going to say. That is the reason of talking to them. Like, you haven't gone through right. an assessment. Um, and so there was some more back and forth about that. And he just said, well, I feel like it would a better use of my time and what's better for me right now is to go to the HA meeting that I was planning on going to and like talking to people, you know, and figuring that out. (laughs) I was like, I was just so hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're sitting in the parking lot outside of the treatment center, which is where we also go to our family support group meeting Um, And it was Wednesday night, so the family support group meeting was about to start. And when he said that about going to his meeting, I was like, well, fine, then I guess you go to your meeting and I'll go to mine. And like that, it ends here. And he said, well, how am I going to get to my meeting? Like, are you going to take me back? (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I was proud of myself for this um it's hard because I was like I want I wanted to keep spending time with him like I didn't want to like let go yeah but I was I said no there's a bus stop on the corner so I guess you can take the bus <laughs> and he was like well I don't have any money and I was like I just stared at him and he <laughs> stared at me and then he was like are you going to say anything? And I said, well, you are very resourceful when you need to get drugs. So you can probably figure out a way to get on the bus. (laughs) Um, And he was, so then he just like got out of the car and started walking. And I was sort of like, wait a second. I just did not end on the way that I wanted it to end. I didn't get to say the things I needed to say. So I got out and started following him and I was like, hold on. Um, And he was like, if you're walking away, like, we are breaking up. That's what's happening. And he was like, well, I'm trying to get to my meeting since you won't give me a ride. And I say, I'm not giving you a ride because we were supposed to go and talk to Access. I said, Mm -hmm. you promised you would do that. And he was like, well, how is how is me going in there going to change anything right now? And I said, it would at least show that you're willing to try and Mm -hmm. we could go in there find out what they say and then based on whatever recommendations they make we each make decisions like maybe it would still end up with us breaking up if he chose not to follow the recommendation but that was the point like we don't know what the recommendation was Mm -hmm. and so like I started thinking like okay maybe I could convince him to go in and then something just kind of like clicked in my brain of like He's not even meeting you like halfway. Like, why am I trying so hard to get him? Like, it's mm-hmm. just. Yeah. And so I just was like, never mind. Uh, you've already made it clear on what you are wanting to do. So, like, you know, we are breaking up. I'm breaking up with you now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this is what is so hurtful is he just didn't really like show any. Um, emotion 
-hmm. he was very I guess detached is the best word like I don't know and probably he was like I don't know if he was really like I couldn't tell if he was comprehending what I was even saying because he was just like there um and he so he was like oh okay (laughs) I was like no like I don't know if you realize what I'm saying like we are like breaking up and I was like I'm gonna take it off of Facebook I'm gonna <laughs> and he was like I know it sounds so dumb like and this is this is the world we're in but I was like how mm-hmm. do I like show like say something that is different mm-hmm. you know because we've sort of been separated the last five months so I wanted it to be clear to him that like this is a different step like this is yeah. not oh we're just separated um so for whatever reason I thought that Facebook <laughs> saying that well because it's like also like it's not like I can be like oh I'm filing divorce papers it was like I don't right. have like what is the action that yeah. I can take to show um but he and that was where I'm still not sure if he was like getting what I was saying because when I made the comment about Facebook like I'm taking it off of Facebook you know I'm changing my pictures he just said, I'm not. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, I mean, I can't make you change that, but I want to be very clear on my end. Uh, you are not my boyfriend moving forward. And he said something about, I'll, I'll call you. And I told him, I said, no, do not call me. I said, I don't want to talk to you unless, you know, you're going to call and say, please help me go to treatment. Like I'm ready to go. Like I would, I would help you with that. Or, you know, call me if you actually like are clean. I said, but until you're, you're clean, like there's no point, like don't call me. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that's how it ended with us then turning and walking and, he was walking to the bus stop and I walked into the building for our family support group. And, um, yeah, I don't, I haven't heard anything from him since, which I, I don't know, I guess I didn't really expect to, but yeah, it makes me sad (laughs) that he's not even trying to contact me. You said one thing. So first of all, I think that like, it's, it's good what you did. Like you followed like a lot of the things that we always talk about, you know, like you realized that you had to separate yourself from him because he wasn't going down like a good path. And I think that's something that you know, I know I for sure have had to, to decide in moments of like, you know, I need to protect and put these boundaries around kind of my life and protect myself. I don't need to go down this path with them if they're not willing to try to get healthy, you know? um so I think that's really good and then one of the things you said though you said you were really hurt by like the emotionlessness that's a word of his response but um I think that just speaks to kind of how we talk about like when they're an active use like they're not dealing with their emotions and so they're kind of emotionally stunted you know we say like the the age that they start using is when they stop developing emotionally and I think it's true in this case too, like he's unable to deal with the reality of his own emotions, let alone like 
be present enough to feel what's happening right now. Right. So that's just not where he's at. So he's like, he's unable to. And I think that he, like you're dealing with all this in real time, obviously, because you're aware and you're clean and you're like, you're, you're dealing with the situation, but he's not like, he's pushing it off. He's using. And then when he finally gets clean, he'll have to deal with all this stuff like emotionally. So I, I think like just knowing that it's not that he doesn't care. It's just that he's unwilling or he's unable to, connect emotionally right now with anything that's going on like he's just surviving and like kind of pushing everything down and using drugs um to kind of get through all of that right he's just like trying to survive minute to minute mm-hmm. right something i keep reminding myself um about because i do think a lot about where i'm just you know it feels like he didn't like choose me yeah um, yeah so just my therapist said it well so I keep like replaying what she said where she's like it's not that he is not choosing you it's that he can't like his brain is full of like the drugs the drugs are taking up any space that he has in there she was like there's just no room for you in there right Mm now and so logically i know that yeah i mean he's not even choosing help yeah totally i mean he's not even choosing himself right now right and you know like he's risking dying every time he uses i mean people we all know people that die and and so he's like not even looking out for his own best interest it's like he's not she's right he's not capable of even thinking about you because he's not even thinking of himself really right you know So he's just not in a place at all to be in a relationship or, I mean, he just has nothing to give. Yeah. So I know that's hard. I mean, we, I've, I've done similar things. I mean, we had, um, oh man, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Like right when, uh, Charlie first got into recovery, like it was like he got, he went to the treatment center like in the summer and then that winter it was just rough all around like he was relapsing a bunch and not really sure if he wanted to commit I mean you asked if like like they had done the last hurrah I mean I remember Mm -hmm. after going to access and like getting um into the the program he like forced me like forced but he was like very persistent on going to a liquor store which he doesn't even drink he was like I have to (laughs) He's like, I have to drink tonight. I, it's my last like thing. And it's like, what? You don't even drink alcohol like regularly. Like what? <laughs> yeah. And it was just like his last thing that he like had to do. But so I, I understand that. But during that time, like we, he was relapsing a bunch and not committing to recovery. And I ended up making a contract, which I know we talk about in like future episodes. But um, basically I said, you know, you have to be clean for us to be together because he wasn't staying clean at all. And so he wasn't, I mean, he relapsed and I found out. And so I, I kicked him out, you know, and it's like, yeah. I had to stick to that, but you know, I felt the same way. Like he, he was like, he just wanted to leave. He wanted to use in that moment, like in those, like it was like three days before he ended up getting arrested and crying and coming back, you know, and like saying he'd do anything to, to be not in jail anymore. <laughs> yeah so um but I mean it's I think it just speaks to that like it's not necessarily this isn't specific to him but this is the addiction that's what it does it's like 
they want something so badly. It's all that they can think about. It's all consuming. Their life is like crumpling around them and they don't care because the only thing they think that matters is that because it makes them feel good for 20 minutes, you know? And it's, it's just chasing that because they think that that's the answer. Right. So, and I think for, for Steve, he didn't know any other way. He had been doing drugs for 15 years. And so the thought of, um, losing all of that and doing something different was very foreign to him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Steve's last hurrah was getting in the accident with the semi. That's how that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm struggling to accept also, or is the fact that, you know, there have been other relapses. And even like when Jake first went into treatment, like, he didn't know what to expect with that. Like that was scary, but then he still went in and it's like, now I just think you've had years of clean time and you know what that can be like. So like, I don't know, like how do you not want to get back to that? Well, one thing like for Charlie, you know, he's relapsed um, a a lot, I would say in the last like four or five years or whatever, but he, um, one of the things that, like, after he's had established, like, so he's been relapsing less and less, but the last one, he was clean for, like, six months, re- like, had, I mean, a long, like, done, that was his longest to that point, and ha- he had done, like, successfully graduated uh, a treatment program at a recovery house, and, like, all this, and was, like, felt pretty proud of what he had done, and then, yeah. so, even a small slip was, like, well, now no one like now he feels like you know he's he lost the respect of like the other people in recovery and it's kind of like an ego blow you know yeah that makes sense it's hard because you're like you were doing so well and you mess up and now you have to start over from square one and you're like but I put in that doesn't discount all the time I put in you know during the clean time and all the work and all the meetings and all that and I think that can be a barrier for some people that I've had um, some significant clean time it's like you just feel like such a failure because you were doing so well and you caved and relapsed and right. now you have to start over that's been a challenge for him and it's like it's not like that you know <laughs> like yeah, you don't start sense. from from square one you know I think eventually if the relapse progresses yeah you might have to start all the way over you know in terms of like all all of the work that you've done needs to be redone but in, in like, like relapses are a part of the process. You know, we say that you can learn things. So if it's a small right. thing and, and you're, it doesn't get out of control and, you know, you own up to it and you try to make it right. Like, yeah, you have to kind of start over a little bit and figure out what your trigger was and do work around that. But you don't like lose everything. Right. You so still, you've built up that. Yeah. So if you're constantly feeling your toolbox, (laughs) right. But I can understand how discouraging it is if you're constantly like you're working so hard and then you, you mess up and you constantly feel like, man, I got to start all the way over. Like that can be hard, you know? Yeah. To like just bounce back from continuously. And, you know, Jake had a ton of clean time and his, he'd gotten things in order, you know, both like at work and obviously all this legal stuff and things were going really well. And it could feel like a lot of work between where he is now and trying to get all of that back. Yeah. That could be really daunting. I do know. Yeah, that's true. Because when was, I can't remember after which relapse in the last 
several months it was where he oh it must have been right after the OD because he was talking about everything he was like it just he was like if I think about things too much he was like it's just so overwhelming and where I think like how am I gonna get myself back to like where I was like financially and like trust wise with relationships and all of those and mm-hmm. and I was like yeah it is overwhelming I was like that's why you know just like take little steps and how they say one day at a time and mm-hmm. you know you kind of have to break it down into the bits and pieces um so I guess yeah yeah but I guess it I got probably too overwhelming and you know their coping skills are turn to drugs sometimes I don't know so so how are you doing um I'm doing okay so this all happened last Wednesday and I would say like that night I was a mess (laughs) um cried a lot and then I had to go to work on Thursday and it was like Thursday was a hard day at work where it was just I don't know I'd be fine and then something would just hit me and I'd like get all choked up and teary-eyed and was trying not to cry (laughs) but Mm -hmm. kind of as the day went by um it got better and I don't know I feel like I've done a good job of like reaching out to my support system and I knew it was going to be hard like this weekend being by myself so I like made plans with people so I've just been keeping myself busy Mm -hmm. um and that is helping I think also I don't know I guess I'm doing better than I thought I expected I would I don't know if I'm just out of tears to cry (laughs) um at this point um but also I don't know, the last five months have maybe been like building up to this point. There have been periods of time that I've gone without talking to Jake, like up to a week or two weeks. So I keep reminding myself right now, like, hey, it's it's only been four days. Like you've made it longer than this in the past. And so I'm just hoping like each day that comes like will build up. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe like, I don't know. So I think maybe that's helping a little bit in the fact that I'm not talking to him. I did remove Facebook Messenger from my phone because that was kind of an obsessive thing that I would do where I'd get on. You can see, like, it tells you when people were active last. last. And so that's something I would find myself doing because I was like, well, what, like, if I saw that he was active, at least I knew that he was alive. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I was like, well, that's kind of a way of still keeping me in like sucked into that pattern of behavior. So I removed that from my phone. That's good. I did add it back on once and check, (laughs) but then I removed it. So I'm like, like, you know, it's going to be a, yeah, got to give myself some grace. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to happen just overnight. Yeah. But um, his mom reached out to me Thursday um, and asked how I was doing. And so I just told her, you know, that I'm like managing. It's hard. And she asked if there was anything they could do to help. And so I told her that I would 
probably need help figuring out what to do with Jay's belongings. Um, cause those need to like move out of the house. So she said that whenever I was ready, they would come and get all of his things. Um, so that is what I have to figure out next, I guess. Yeah. Does he have a lot at the house still? Um, he has so much music gear. Oh, like the in- the basement is full of like there's like three amps, a keyboard, um, just like all of his Got it. random decor that's down there. <laughs> um, but it can yeah. all be sold for probably quite or pawned for quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. So I think it if, is good to give it to his parents. Yeah, and that's yeah. what his because at first she was like, you know, well. Jake doesn't come get the stuff like we can and but then it's like well, where's he gonna currently put it or what's he gonna do with it and then she was like actually it might be better for us to come just get it so we can't sell the things mm-hmm. and I was like yeah I think at this point that's the best option because yeah. um, there's like six guitars here which they're not like super nice but he would probably get enough to get some drugs you know right yeah um so i i texted his family the morning that he had probation Mm -hmm. to like let them know he's like hey just wanted to let you guys know like i learned all about all of these things that's been going on with Jake. Uh, He's agreed to go for an assessment. Like, I just wanted you to know so that, you know, you can help support like whatever's recommended Mm -hmm. or if he, you know, does not follow the recommendation. Then I told him that like we're breaking up. And so I'll probably need some support in that too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I don't know. I was, they didn't, they haven't really said much. So I think they're just staying away. I don't know what they're doing really. Yeah. Um, I talked to his mom on Wednesday because she had checked in to see what was going on. And so then I let her know how all of that played out and that we broke up and, you know, she, she was supportive in the sense where she's like, you know, I'm just, I'm so sorry that this is happening. Like we know that you've done everything. Like there's nothing you can do. This is all on him. And she also said, you know, like if he could, she, she was like, if he could, you know, he would be choosing to be with you. Like this isn't about you. And so I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was like, but this is a terrible disease and, you have to, you know, save yourself. So she was like, I do feel like relieved for you. And I hope that, you know, you can feel some like freedom from this. And I was just like, well, I'm not really feeling much freedom right now, but (laughs) maybe that will come. Yeah. So they are aware. I don't know what they are, what they're planning on doing. Yeah. If anything. Did you, you went to the family meeting. Did you share about this or did you just listen? Yeah, I shared, um, at the end, I, um, was just like, 
as soon as I opened my mouth, I started crying. I was of course. like, sorry. Yeah. I was like, sorry, <laughs> this is going to be, I'm going to cry myself, like cry my way through this. Yeah. Like, but I feel like I need to like say it to even just practice saying it and mm-hmm. make it be real. Um, and, you know, everyone, well, there were actually a lot of new people in the group that night. Um, but then there were some of the people who we've known for a long time and, you know, everyone comes to care about each other. So, you know, like some other people cried a little bit and they were just like, you know, we, my heart aches for you, but you know, we think you're doing what's best for you. Like, and they just re reassured that like I've done everything and yeah, yeah, you have, you've been yeah. like really patient. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, and everyone is just sad for him also and hoping like, yeah, hope he figures it out before it's too late. Yeah. Cause that's the scariest part. I mean, always for me is that it's just a ticking time. Like it's a progressive disease and everything will continue. The consequences continue to get worse. And yeah. he's like, what a month off of going to jail and overdosing. And it's like, yeah. And now losing his girlfriend of nine years and like, it's just going to get worse, you know, like what's the next thing? And like, is, is that going to be enough to get him to like, wake up? That's, I know. That's what I keep wondering too. Like, what is it going to be? I'm, I guess at this point, the next thing is, I don't know how he hasn't gotten caught at the house yet. Yeah. Like that has to be coming at some point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure that's like what I'm hoping for at this point. Like, I think he needs to get kicked out and Mm -hmm. then he won't have a place to go. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe that would do it for him, but maybe it wouldn't. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then he could go to jail again, but then that would only just like worsen that whole situation because he's kind of already dealing with that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe jail will be the answer for him too. Yeah. Well, I always hope that it's like, I always hope if like in the past when Charlie has done these things, it's like, I hope you go to jail because that's like the best situation. You know, I don't obviously want him to overdose or anything. So it's yeah. like sometimes jail is the best wake up call. Right. Yeah. So, cause no one likes to be in there. No. Especially no. detoxing in there. No, right? Because they don't care. They'll be like, "Well, you could have detoxed at a treatment center, but you wanted the hard way, so enjoy detoxing at jail." I I hope that cinder block, yeah, is comfortable and all the compassion that they receive. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I know. Well, I think you did all the right things, and I think that, I mean, obviously this is really hard, but you should be proud of yourself for that, because a lot of people would, like you said, you kind of want, you want them to be around, because it's a, it's a sense of, like, at least I know what he's doing, and that he's okay, and that's really hard to give that up, but, you know, a lot of times it's it's best for us to not engage in that, and to, like, not obsess and kind of move on with our lives and try our best to kind of take care of ourselves. So I think that you should be really proud of yourself for that. It was, that's the harder thing to do. Yeah. I, I know that it is. And like, I do feel, I guess, a sense of pride somewhere in there, maybe, or I guess more, I feel like, Oh, I will look back at this one day and be like, 
you know, good for you. Then you like really like that took a lot of strength. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard to feel that right now. Right yeah. now, it's more just feeling a lot of grief, like grieving the relationship, and yeah, and just gonna have to feel all the feelings and yeah, move through it. And you know, there will be okay days and good days and bad days, but yeah, for sure, move along, I guess. Yeah, and just hope that he figures it out in the meantime. Yeah, hopefully. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was a good check in. Yeah. Well, not well, a kind great... of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thanks Keep... for being there, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.